Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio, Joseph here and Jesse on the line. We're coming to you from the terrace. Just singing, chilling. The yep. terrace, remember? <laughs> oh yeah, the terrace. <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> the internet is our terrace. Uh, social distancing this podcast. If this keeps going, we can actually... I, I kind of have a little terrace at the apartment here. It's just tiny. Or, well, it's cold. Cold and noisy. It has been cold. It's been uh, it's been hard to kind of like want to sit outside on my terrace and then realize it's been 42 degrees and freezing. So exactly. I go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> These are the spring, life challenges of being stuck at home. I wanted to go sit right. outside and that I didn't. The most exciting thing in the it's day. It's like they're talking about... Uh, eye pain is a potential symptom and it's like no we're just staring at our phones for 15 hours a day (laughs) yeah i've actually started (laughs) this this has been a this has been a good motivator to start reading more which i'm always like always in the space of wanting to read more and always have like a stack of books that i kind of slowly move through but uh now that it's it's interesting now that it's so easy to just sit at home and watch a screen all day I have been more motivated and taking more action to not do that and like pick up an actual book. Totally. Um, I, uh, I've actually been reading quite a bit as well. Yeah, that's good. Because of that. I, um, started, uh, this is funny. I I started this book and now I can't remember the name of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, The one I I recommended. Yeah. I just started reading this last (laughs) night. Um, nice. Yeah. Oh, that first part is so beautiful in that book. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And I'm like, that's that's where I want to be, social distancing. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the desert in the... In the winter. The 60s. Yeah. Um, uh, anyhow, so... <laughs> we're, uh, we're recording this uh, April 7th. So that's what's new. <laughs> that's what's new. We're recording this April 7th, so we're in the midst of all the social distancing. I think this is about when... I mean, this is kind of pointless, but... So we're in Washington, and the governor, uh, you know, instituted the stay-at-home order. And it, it was either the seventh or the ninth that it was originally going to go to, and then of course, uh, it, yeah, it was yesterday. It was the sixth. It was the sixth. Okay, and of like course, today it was. It was supposed to open today. Was supposed to be the first day back. The gotcha. Seventh. It was supposed to be our first day going back to work. Um. Well, yeah. I think. Oh, uh, and I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> I think anyone listening or paying attention to what's going on realized that was never going to happen. Um. It's in their pajamas. I, I was surprised <laughs> when he instituted social distancing that it was only for like a month, and now it's for another month. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a certain sort of panic that you can't really. I mean, if you if you had said social distance for six weeks, people probably would have freaked out a little bit more. Uh, yeah, well, I guess if you said social distancing for <laughs> three or six months, people would have panicked even more. So that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's it's weird at being a business owner in this time. Yeah, it's weird, uh, weird thing to watch, and it's sad to see all of our friends kind of struggling, struggling in this world. Yeah, um, trying to just you know everybody's hunkering down. There's not a lot you can do. Um, coffee's so social. You know, going to cafes like we talk about it every episode about how you know the hands that touch coffee is beautiful and and you know that social interaction all the dopamine you get from seeing people and getting the drink you want um right that's half the reason like that's half, you can't get at that. least half of the yeah. like, good coffee's about like if you if you don't want that like people who don't want that you can just you know pop a plastic thing into another plastic thing and push a button and then drink your drug and move on with your day 
<laughs> right. Go to the drive-thru, just get your big drip and head on up or whatever. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's challenging. You know, mm-hmm. it's really hard in the coffee world. Partly also because, you know, all the most of the workers in the coffee world are really just kind of hourly laborers and underpaid, um, especially for this city. And, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> not a lot of us had any kind of savings to sort of just help us go hoard food for a minute. You know, I mean, I was grateful I could afford the couple hundred dollars in groceries just to have a stockpile here. You know, it, a lot of people don't, and it's hard to get out. You know, um, a lot of a lot of people don't drive. You know, they can't get out of the city. There's just not much to do. They live in tiny little apartments, mm-hmm. and it gets uh, it's hard. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm fortunate in a number of ways. Uh, even if I was like, I'm not completely stuck at at this apartment, uh, but even if I was, uh, there's like all the resources I need are within walking distance here. Um, I do have the, the light rail, but I've been avoiding it completely. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, well, obvious reasons, but, uh, what, what's it like? I'll never trust a bus again. Like <laughs> I'm going to be that guy that falls over on the bus getting on, you know, cause I'm not touching anything. I'm just trying to balance as the driver pulls away. <laughs> right. Like, right. I always like <laughs> riding a bus or the light rail. you got to hold on to something. And I'm always like, this is kind of gross, but I'm just not going to think about it. We're going to start selling like bus bandanas, like smaller bandanas you just carry with you to grab handles and stuff with. <laughs> That's true. But I mean, what, what you <laughs> really need shirts. <laughs> What you really like, someone needs to come up with some kind of like bandana or piece of cloth or a hanky or whatever that has some kind of coating or something like that. Like, it wouldn't be a chemical coating because this would like come off easily, but that's somehow made in some way that's completely like antiviral, antibacterial. Because the thing is, you can uh, use you a know, rag, you, you can use a rag and, and hold on to a thing, yeah. but that well, rag is now contaminated. True, but the fibers of cloth are a lot different. The surface area is a lot different, so it's not quite as uh, transferable. Yeah, off of surfaces like that. But also, yeah, you could definitely you could definitely increase like if um, you put copper, right? Like micro yeah. strand of crop, copper and stuff like that in the fabric. Copper um, is antimicrobial. It's true. Um, um, I mean, the this fire still lasts on copper like three hours or something. Fine, then just grab the railing with your hand. <laughs> your skin will probably get rid of it. Fine, I might as well just lick yeah, just it. Don't. Yeah, just no, don't touch don't your that. face. Don't. That's the thing. It'll it'll be interesting to see if this whole thing like changes people's entire like hygiene habits <laughs> or or if everything's gonna come back to normal or whatever. I when know. I watch a movie, you see everybody like in a big crowd together. It's like no, like it's sort of like creating a knee jerk reaction to watching like strangers kiss and stuff in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Um, so what's it what's it like being a coffee roaster when business is closed? Like you obviously got to well, still roast your coffee. Yeah, but there's barely any coffee to roast. So you know, conduit conduit is in a unique position. I think that gives us a pretty good place to like have an ongoing conversation about coming out of this catastrophe. Mm-hmm. But um, so you know. We do small-scale wholesale and subscription roasting, and then we rent out our time, roasting time, to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot more roasting going on because of the different businesses than, than you know, and they all have their tiny little bit. Um, so there's a lot more roasting going on than we would if it was just us in the space. Um, but we went from about, you know, 20 solid production hours a week down to two. Oh, wow. 
because a ninety percent reduction because of the virus because of this yeah yeah because well, most I mean our online our online sales are up like thirty five percent if not more depends on the week but we're getting a lot of larger bulk bags people are buying five pound bags two pound bags right um, because they're just at home and they're running out of coffee um, and then we have our subscription service as well but um, you know a lot of our business is cafes and restaurants right. that are closed down and offices downtown that yeah. aren't in their office. Uh, That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to take a while for that to all come back, um, especially bars and restaurants. You know, I mean, who knows what the restrictions will be on capacities and stuff like that for the next years. Um, you know, we have some restaurants downtown that we serve coffee to, and they really are, they thrive on stadium events and the masses of people. Mm. And, you know, we see downtown Seattle, like down by Pioneer Square and the stadiums, like those businesses aren't going to have their, I mean, they've probably permanently lost for the next many months permanently lost like 80 percent of their business yeah um and so yeah we're yeah we're gonna see this the ramifications coming through the industry for a long time um but at conduit itself it's i'm honestly i'm i'm this is the break i needed and i'll just tell all the listeners that right now i uh (laughs) we've talked about being burned out and stuff like that and you know so it's been sort of a fantasy that suddenly people just won't need coffee from me and then I don't have any work to do, you know, because I don't pay myself a significant amount based on the work I'm doing. And so right. me having less work to do doesn't mean I'm necessarily paid any less because I wasn't paying myself, you know, so it's still zero. And so it's actually given me a lot of time to reflect on some really good things about the business and moving forward. Um, and That's you and I are talking about that a lot on some separate conversations, which we'll share other days, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, so we're really trying to distance. So we kind of have our shifts spread out over the week. Um, so we're not really in the same room at the same time with, you know, bagging the coffee and roasting the coffee. Um, obviously, we don't have any open houses, you know, mm-hmm. so we're not there showing off our coffee. We're not doing cuppings. I've done one cupping by myself um, just to double check a roast and mostly because I was bored and just wanted to pretend I was doing work. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, you can't share cupping bowls and stuff like that. But, you know, the whole supply chain is really I've had all these phone calls from wonderful uh, coffee importer friends that have these little businesses, you know, and they're not tied to the Neiman group. They're not tied to big money and they rely on little roasters like us buying, you know, three to five bags of coffee. And none of us are doing that because our sales are all gone. And like, even just now while we're sitting here recording, I got an email from an importer just reminding me that they have cut all their prices because they just need to sell coffee. You know, they're missing at least a month worth of their their sales as well, um, but they're paying for warehouse space, you know, and the coffee gets stale, you know, and then there's more seasons coming. So coffee that was landing in March, you know, some of the the Central Americans and stuff like that, South American, like that coffee all of a sudden is going to be eclipsed by all the Ethiopian coffees that are landing this summer. Um, you know, so it's kind of it's it's going to the ripple effects is huge. And I really wish that, you know, we had more cash flow just to kind of help out some of these importers to buy coffee from them. Um, right. But I don't want to overbuy coffee myself because, you know, we're down to 10% of our regular volume. Yeah, that's a, it's a really fascinating effect. Hard to fathom, like, the, the implications and the total impact of it all. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's... Like I said before, Conduit's in a decent spot, um, partly also because we have a fantastic landlord that is lives on the property. I love you, Suze. And she um, she's letting us portion out our rent over the month because our cash flow isn't there, our regular income. Right. That's good. Um, but yeah, 
all this stuff, you know, all the banks, they all expect the money still to be there, and it's not. So, yeah, it's a it's a frustrating system we're a part of. Like, <laughs> the just just what you've illustrated there, it's 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 so like the the people at the bottom of the economic pile are what drives the entire thing, and like we're the ones who are most affected by this by this problem you know yeah um and, and the I support mean, is not oh. the support is not there well, i could i could go on a little bit of a rant i suppose about the whole sba loan thing um i mean we should probably mention that at least like that that whole stimulus package the two trillion or whatever um yep. and and a good portion of that was supposed to be uh like loans and grants to small businesses none of that's being distributed and in fact, they're starting to change how they're going to do it, which is going against like what, right. what the actual I mean, stimulus package in Congress said. Like none of it's going to get where it's supposed ago, to go. Just an hour ago, the Inspector General is supposed to oversee that whole program, which is laid off. Um, <laughs> you know, so we're not going to see any no. any movement, and yeah. it's we've never been very political, even though both of us are fairly political. Never I, been too political on this show, but it's uh, it's a real shame to see. And really at all levels um, to see that there isn't just money moving for us because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of expectations that when these things are lifted and whenever they are, two weeks, a month from now, two months. they're already lifted by the time this show was, by the time the listeners hearing this show for the first time. But like, <laughs> what, how do you start up, right? Like, I mean, I'm looking at, and we're in a good spot compared to most businesses, and I'm still looking at, you know, backlog and rent and debt payment payments that we haven't been able to make. Right. You know, all that still has to be paid for. And we didn't never had it. We never had enough income to begin with to create a cushion to survive this. And we're forced into it. So we definitely don't have a cushion to get out of it, you know? And so that just means that you're going to see a lot of people go bankrupt yeah. because they just have outstanding, you know, accounts receivable that aren't getting paid, you know? Um, yeah, the the greed I, and the inhumanity of the people who are in power is um, astounding. I haven't heard anything back from the city of Seattle on the grant program, their small business grant program. I haven't even gotten a confirmation that I submitted it. Yeah, I didn't get a confirmation either. I I, I got my confirmation like number like after submitting it. Um, like in your email. No, just, you know, on the site, like, here's your number. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I wrote that down, but I haven't received any emails. Um, Nothing. Yet the, what the law said, based off the package being that stimulus package, the, what, what it stated is you apply for it, um, you apply for an advance, and you're supposed to receive, like, a $10,000, like, advance. You're supposed to receive that regardless, like, within three days, regardless of whether anyone's, like, done anything with your... Your application, yeah, none of that's well, yeah, gone through. Application's not been received by anyone. In fact, mine could have just. Well, no. What happens when you have when you have you know fifty thousand small businesses apply for a grant? Right. Like the and a, like and the, the the form was basically just a survey. It wasn't like even a formal grant. It was no. just a business name. You know, it wasn't like a yeah. UBI number. It wasn't any well, kind of the that, tax information. Actually, like that was right after they simplified it because the original one what took you like five hours to complete and had a lot of problems 
Um, right. So basically, I think they're just fishing for survey information to be like, oh, okay, so 99% of small businesses in Seattle applied for this, and we need to hire 25 people to do it. And I mean, that's pretty... Like, I don't know. I, Plus, I, I the grant period ended, the deadline yeah. ended before my payroll period ended, people <laughs> that were still working for me. Right. So I didn't even know the full loss, right? I also haven't learned until just that, you know, I mean... I saw it coming, but I haven't confirmed it that, you know, other people are having trouble paying me too. all the cafes that were, you know, behind a little bit um, before any of this. Right. Well, and and that, that's the frustrating part you know, is like so, the, the application for it is simple. Yes. Um, the point is to, to empower the people who are like running the entire thing to be able to keep doing it and then sort it out <laughs> later. Like, the right. people with the money can afford to let it let, like let it all sort out later. Anyway, so conduits, uh, we're just watching it in awe, and yeah, um, this is reaffirming a lot of my own personal um, goals that I need to have. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. I hope that I hope that small business owners and people concerned about this that are listening, um, I hope that they are able to relax and take a step back and just see you know, their place in this yeah. changing world and either how they're going to succeed or how they can help, you know, or where they, where they need help and just be clear about that and not be too scared or too upset. Um, because well, yeah. we're all literally 99% of small businesses in Seattle are doing the same thing. And, yeah. um, one thing I would really love to come out of this is if, is if people, like the small business community or like the coffee community could come together and realize that actually actively supporting each other is the only thing to do because no one else is obviously going to help us. But, but this like industry in particular is really, in my experience, been really averse to helping like actively supporting and promoting other people's work. It's a very, well, right. The problem is the problem is with this. This is the same problem that newspapers have, right? Like, how do you pay for those people? How do you pay for that position? Like, it takes so much effort to wrangle coffee around in general, let alone baristas and events and community. There's no support structure for. There's no. There's no point in our economy that rewards that work, that legwork. Well, right? I, I'm not. I'm not talking about adding extra work. I'm talking about you've got, you've got the 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 ability. You already are like doing promotional type activities like you're sending emails or um you're sending out mailing packages or uh you're doing social media a lot of us are already well a lot of us are i'm not and i'm not talking about the people who who like that kind of work is marginal and don't have positions for it i'm talking about the companies that have the money in the positions uh who are uh like you look in look in different industries there are there are other very different industries i'm a part of like um you know, marketing industries and, and other business industries where uh, people are more than thrilled to can like share other people's work and connect like their customers with different ideas because they're motivated to um, help their their customers and their audience with whatever their their ultimate goal is. And that's not always like the product or service that you have. This is like really trending into a subject that is really part of another podcast. But <laughs> uh, I guess what I'm saying is, take the magazine, for example. 
a number of times throughout the years of doing the magazine, I've done a lot of work to try to get cafes, for example, to just share the magazine with their audience. And, and to the extent of where I've said, here, I'll give you like a free subscription for all of your customers. All you got to do is like send this out in your email and no one will do it. It's like, there's no, there's no, it's a win-win. Like you get to share something awesome with your well, and this customers and like, they love you for it. You, yeah. But people I mean, don't it's, grasp that. It's a hard of, thing. I think that, I don't know. I hope that. I'm not like, disagreeing with you at all. It, You're right. It, I mean, aside it's, from it's that, a weird, it's a weird thing, and I I can't say that I haven't done that myself because I just kind of sigh, you know, when we get another email from somebody with a good idea, and it's like that's not going to make us any money. Like it's going to cost me a couple hours with my time, and we're going to sell one bag of coffee. Right. Um, well, I mean, that there's that. You know, I had this conversation with a with a person, and they were wondering how to get the sales up, and it's like you buy three bags a month. Like your sales volumes are irrelevant to my business success. Right. Um, I can't. You know, I can't say that to them. Right. You know, it's mostly like just stop wasting my time and just buy the coffee because, you know, all the admin time far outweighs, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, we have several customers I've told my staff not to respond to because I don't want That's them. I don't want to pay them for responding again again to these people because right. I can't like all the money that they'd ever spend with us is lost on labor to answer all their questions. Yeah. And. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, that's that's where I guess what I'm trying to say is like mm-hmm. it takes a lot of energy to kind of create this solidarity and do that. It also creates a lot of momentum and it's a lot easier to do if other people are doing it and you've done it before. Right. You know, so it's like if this isn't a new business thing, if it's like, oh, well, yeah, last month we did this with Extracted Magazine. We'll do it again. Yeah. You know, that's easy. We already have the email. Just send it out. And, or or know, we've whatever. done this with Just, this other business and it's very similar. Do it again. I guess that's what I'm saying is right. if, is that, if that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. If well, that, and that's where I feel like mm-hmm. you're in a good spot, Joseph, of kind of being able to articulate that. And I think that, you know, as we come out of this, it's going to be really important to have kind of like, you know, it's going to be spotty openings and new cafes. I mean, I mean, all these all there's going to be so many, so many business closures yeah. and new people, new business owners, um, new concepts, all this stuff to share. And as you know, it's really hard to do that as a small business owner to keep up with all that. And so yeah. the networking and you know, even virtual networking events, virtual meetings, that's, I mean, I don't even want to get into all the fun virtual stuff that's happening right now because we're all at home. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Well, and like, so stepping away from, obviously I've been talking about my um, businesses, like the way I could benefit or not benefit from that kind of thing. But looking at like the coffee community in Seattle, um, for a little while there, we were having a lot of really like close-knit different businesses working together you know you had the the northwest space agency going uh doing these events to 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 build like community kind of stuff and it felt like people were coming together to promote the like specialty coffee community as a whole and like support each other and that kind of thing and that just kind of dissipated like just disappeared and um it it feels very uh like for a There's while, three has, reasons why has felt changed. very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like hostile almost. Yeah. It's very cutthroat, very competitive. Yeah. Not a lot of people sharing. Yeah. There's three reasons, reasons for that, at least in our realm of that mm-hmm. community building stuff. Um, two of them I'm not allowed to mention. Um, <laughs> the third one is just Seattle. Seattle got so expensive so fast right. in that time. So when we were doing the space agency, those events, I mean, literally that was, that was four years ago, three years ago. I mean, rents have gone up 
40%, 50% since then. You know, yeah. all the businesses, it's been such a struggle. So That's true. paying employees to stay late so you can have an AeroPress competition, like, who does that? Like, I, <laughs> I don't even do that anymore, Conduit. Like, I can't right. afford to do these parties because the diminishing utility of having, like, all that effort going into the same neighbors coming over and eating my food isn't helping my business anymore. And it's not fun at that point because then it just turns into stress and it doesn't mm. pay for itself. You yeah. know, so it's... Um, so here I am on my terrace enjoying myself. Very interesting. You know, so I think that's what we have to prove. And then Seattle's in an awkward spot because, you know, it's a lot of the system that's all the wealth that allows these people to stay home and social distance and flatten this curve also creates this disparity that doesn't let the regular businesses flourish. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Should we, um, right. we do a topic from the mug? Quickly, yeah. We're running long. Right. How long are we on? Like 25 minutes. Got a longer rant. all right well okay so i'm gonna randomly pick you want to simulate the from the mug joseph i think we should do some live we should see if anybody wants to do like a live zoom meeting with us or something oh yeah listeners go to coffeeloversradio.com comment on this show uh if you let's have a coffee meeting let's have a a coffee a virtual meetup yeah we can sit there and enjoy well how about this uh we could just mute everybody and talk to them we're just we're just gonna we're not even gonna if we're gonna do it we're gonna do a live meeting uh, at some point in the not too distant future uh, with our all our Patreon listeners. Boom. Yep. Go. You want to be on the live yeah. meeting? Go support us on Patreon. Maybe like the third or fourth week of April. Yeah, it'll be in April. All right. Boom. Twenty twenty. We should. Uh, we'll have to put it up on our Instagram as well. You know, get those hundred people. Are you ready for this? Yep. From the mug. Oh, that was beautiful. All right. Yeah, Imagine hard. some rustling <laughs> noises of paper in a cup, and I've pulled out a slip of paper, and it says Aeropress and Keurig. Thanks, Terry. This is one of yours, oh. so you're going to have to run with it. Oh, they're all this. Um, we wrote these a while ago when we were doing this, whatever that was, uh, last summer when we kind of started this list. Right. I just had a... It was kind of last fall. I had a really great meeting with Terry Zenowitz, um, mm-hmm. who's just a preacher. Sure we've talked about him on the show before. He's just a mastermind when it comes to the coffee world and technology and just creative ideas and just knows how to design something and make a prototype and then get it made. So, um, yeah, he's... Uh, I guess this is more of like a statement to put out there. He... Um, he designed an attachment for the AeroPress that holds a K-cup, a pod. <laughs> and so you boil the water, and you put it in the AeroPress, and you press it through the pod like, like you would. Um, That's super And weird. it works. It works really well, as well as a pod can work. Honestly, a little bit better, because you can guarantee the heat. And, and the pressure um, helps. Yep. And it also doesn't take... Like, you can do it camping. So his whole deal where he came with this because he works a lot with like overland uh uh the camping right like oh the, okay the glamping almost like where they put the fancy off-road vehicles and all the camper tops and you know all that kind of stuff um and so his idea was to make a camping uh uh, uh it's an apparatus you know it's an aeropress that you can you can use your cake up when you're in your camper without having to boil uh, use a use a coffee pot. Those coffee pots use so much electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like a Keurig uses 1700 watts and that's bigger than most generators on trailers and stuff like that. And so you can't use a, a Keurig on a camping trip like that, but you can boil water and put it in an air press and still use the same pods. And so that was his whole intent, which is clever, you know, and that's a great way to like keep people making coffee. And it's a really short step from a K cup to just a regular AeroPress when you get home to use better coffee. Um, yeah, that's true. The other thing you realize as part of this was that he had everybody, everybody knew send him like when they went backpacking or camping, like save their trash like you do, but send him all the coffee trash, you know? So I sent him like a rolled up bag of conduit with a few grounds left in it. And mm-hmm. um, I spent grounds, not the spent grounds, but the filters and stuff. And he, uh, but what he found was that when you take a pod and you use a bunch of them, you can just stack them together and they take up a lot more space than regular coffee trash. Hmm. Um, so well, anyways, he had some good ideas. Good I ideas. mean, that's so an, that's, that's, that's an interesting that's, thought, that's but why not just, if you have the air press, why not just bring a bag of ground coffee and brew with it? Well, it's more way. of like, if you're, if you're, if your habit is just to use a cake up anyways, and you're on your glamping trip in your Mercedes off-road vehicle, um, and you don't have a generator that can run your coffee machine, then you can just use, you can boil water on your propane stove and make it that way. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you already have the K cups, right. um, I suppose that's fine. I don't know. It's not like, it's, the it's, it's not like any different level of effort to have a bag of ground coffee than versus a K cup. I guess you have to know how much oh, coffee to put effort. in there. Huh? Right. I mean, you have to know. It's a lot more effort, you know, unless you're a coffee person. Not really. You know, like, what? I mean, it is. Eh. (laughs) Like, making a good AeroPress is difficult. You can't use a regular drip grind on it, you know, unless you. We're not talking about making a good AeroPress. We're talking about throwing a Keurig (laughs) pod into an AeroPress. Like, you can just you can easily throw the same amount of coffee into an AeroPress. Right, but then you know, it's all the filters. It's making it's more clean up. I don't know. All, all the reasons why you'd use a pod to begin with make it AeroPress cleaner and easier. I suppose. And so I guess by better, I mean like it's it conforms to what the cup of coffee that people want. Well, gosh, know. now I think we need to do a, a situation where we compare <laughs> brewing a Keurig pod in an AeroPress versus just like having a bag of ground coffee with a scoop. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically um, I think, the, the pod in the AeroPress is going to be simpler because you literally just throw the pod in the AeroPress and pour water in it versus, push through. versus faster. if you're doing with the regular AeroPress style, you got to add the filter, then add the coffee and then do it. And weigh it. You know, that's the thing. The pods yeah. are all the same weight. Um, you know, they're like 12 grams, which is actually, you know, most of my AeroPress recipes revolve around 15 grams. That's like so a not tablespoon. That far off from. Yeah. So you just get a tablespoon and flop a tablespoon into the AeroPress. How much water do you Patricia put in? Trisha Robertson with gets the... a tablespoon. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> how much? How much water do you put in with the with the Keurig pod? Let's get a recipe here. You know, I don't have one. I don't. I've only owned two pods in my entire life, and those have just been to do customer research on how fine I need to grind it for their machine. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, we, we, I think we really need to get a recipe here. So we're going to have to do some exploration and then come back and revisit this. Uh, anyone who's like done anything weird with a Keurig pod or 
<laughs> or an AeroPress uh, comment and let us know what weird things you've done. Have you ever thrown one off a roof? No. I also never bashed one to pieces with a baseball bat, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, I had an office space moment with my printer not too long ago. That was great. Oh, did you actually smash it to smithereens? Uh, uh, yeah, I did. Not with a hammer, but with brute force. Cheers. Cheers. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.